This is The Breakfast Wrap with John Moore. Good morning, it's John Moore, and this is The Breakfast Wrap for Friday, May 12th. Weather forecast for today, a mixture of sun and cloud overhead and a high of 26 degrees. Here are the five things you need to know. Number one, the Leafs and Panthers go to game five. Number two, Ontario car insurance premiums continue to soar. Number three, there are now 88 candidates registered to run for mayor. Today is the final day for filing. Number four, cops cracking down at Canada's Wonderland. And number five, Ryan Reynolds drops out of his Ottawa Senator's bid. The Breakfast Wrap with John Moore. 508, 16 degrees and the sun isn't even up. As a matter of fact, today... We are trucking for a high of 26. It's going to feel a lot like summer. I was out golfing yesterday afternoon with Maureen Holloway, who joins us at 6.50 this morning. And we both observed to each other that if you just sort of played pretend for a second, because the trees start, aren't yet in full leaf, but you could think, wow, it really, this could be a day in July. And certainly the temperature yesterday, just the, uh, the verdant green of the fairways at Flemington Park Golf Course. Uh, it was it was a really, really nice day. And I am so excited about this being Friday. I'm excited about the Leafs. I'm excited about the fact that I may still be conscious before the end of the game because I don't have to prepare a show for tomorrow. I don't have to go to bed early if I don't want to. And I got one plan today. I'll tell you what it is in a second. But, um, you know, let's set the table for the Leafs for a moment. This is a home game. The city is going to buzz today. Wherever you go, there are going to be people wearing Maple Leafs hockey sweaters. And it's not even restricted to the sweaters. Brad Bradford, who's running for mayor, was in our studio yesterday, as you would have heard. And uh, he was actually wearing a very nice sporting jacket with a Toronto Maple Leafs logo. Uh, When Mitzi Hunter, also running for mayor, joined us earlier in the week to say that she was resigning from Queens Park. She, I couldn't see her because we were on Zoom, but I don't have a monitor here. Um, She said she was wearing a Leafs jersey. But, you know, politicians are going to politic. When it comes to the sort of uh, thrum in this city, the vibe, I think people are really excited about tonight. And yeah, that's not hex things. It could come to a crashing end. Or it could just be part of this march back by the Toronto Maple Leafs that will become an epic bit of sports history. So we'll see. Puck uh, drops tonight and... Um, Nick Mayorano, what what do we got? They were kind of um, screwing us on this one, weren't they? Moving it up so that they could accommodate American broadcasting. Uh, what, do we know what time? I'm giving you homework now. What time the puck drop is tonight? Uh, we can't do anything yet, John, unless we declare today. Yes. Oh, well, yes, it is a sweet, sweet Friday. It's a sweet, sweet Friday! Let's send the smoke up the chimney so all the people here at our uh, campus who are assembled in the parking lot waiting for the declaration of a sweet, sweet Friday will see that it has been so declared. And it is declared that 7 p.m. puck drop tonight. Okay, well, that's normal. Good. Because um, they're, they're, I mean, you know what? The day of games has been 
moved around. There's a lot of politics here. It's not even politics. I guess it's uh, business. It's cynical business decisions. But for example, the uh, one of the last games should have taken place on Saturday, but it took place on Sunday. And that was because Florida wanted to get out of the way of a basketball game because basketball games draw better ratings in the States than hockey games. And then the ultimate humiliation will be if the Leafs pull this off and if Edmonton pulls it off, and we, in the end, end up with an all-Canadian Stanley Cup final, the Americans are simply going to tune out. That is the worst nightmare for Gary Bettman and company. But let's cross that bridge when we get to it. So that's uh, Leafs. Oh, one other aspect to all of this. We don't necessarily have to revisit the audio now, but... You'll remember there was an interview done with the deputy police chief of Toronto. There are three of them. And she said no nonsense is going to be tolerated in the city's core. But they also have a plan. I mean, one of the worst things that can happen is when you have a huge crowd of people and there's the potential for some kind of unrest and the cops go in spoiling for a fight. That doesn't happen very often anymore. Um, more commonly... You send in the bicycle cops and you send in the people with big smiles. You send in Pappy and, you know, things, things hopefully unfold well. It's a very strange chemical reaction that leads to unrest slash rioting. And if you handle a crowd just right, then, for example, I mean, the biggest problem is dispersing people. So people are going to want to celebrate tonight or they're going to want to be angry tonight. And so you've just got to make sure that you can slowly send people on their way, get them out of the TTC, get them out of the city's core, uh, get them back to bed. And I imagine the Toronto police are, are up to the task and they certainly do have a, a plan. So other stories today. It's another one of those days where we have a bunch of stories worth getting to because they're extraordinarily relevant to you. Um, but there's also sort of the order of importance. So we'll get to auto insurance rates when we talk with our friends at CP24 in a couple of minutes. But I'll give you the broad strokes, which is they ain't going down. And consider for a second how politicized auto insurance rates have been. The liberals decided that it was becoming such a hot file, they were going to come up with a program to try and lower them. And I'm pretty sure, if memory serves, that the famous quote from Kathleen Wynne about it was always a stretch goal was about auto insurance rates because they set a goal of bringing them down. I think they met that goal by about 50% and people were bitterly disappointed. But remember, they took it on the nose for that. You know, well, you said you were going to lower auto insurance rates and you didn't do it. Well, auto insurance rates are going up and up. I'll get to the figures, like I said, when we talk with our friends at CP24. Uh, the other major story this morning would be the death of an OPP officer. This was dealt with at length yesterday, but we continue to learn more about the officer and the circumstances. And again, we'll talk about that shortly. Okay, let's say happy Friday and good morning to News Talk 1010's John Moore. John, good to see you. All right, so another do-or-die game for the Leafs. They take on the Panthers in Game 5 tonight, and once again, they have to win if they want to keep their Stanley Cup dreams alive. 
Oh, they got to keep on winning. They got to win three more. But tonight is some added excitement, I guess, because it's a local game. It's a home game. People are going to be going to see the game in person, but more importantly, probably gathering in huge numbers in the city's downtown. It's the Leafs versus the Panthers game five. Leafs have one to the Panthers three. And uh, the deputy police chief, incidentally, has said that they definitely have a plan, mm -hmm. and uh, that is to keep the peace in the city's core. But, you know, there's an excitement in the city today and people are going to be wearing sweaters and, and just talking about the game and getting ready for the whole thing. And it's nice it's happening on a Friday night. Yeah, and the weather looks very agreeable mm -hmm. for the fans gathered outside of Maple Leaf Square as well. Uh, turning to some sad news, John, an OPP officer, uh, Eric Mueller, was killed yesterday uh, when he and two other officers responded to a disturbance uh, at, at a home east of Ottawa. Yeah, and this is the 11th police officer to die in the line of duty in the last year in Canada. Six have been in Ontario, and the OPP has been especially hard hit in all of this. 42-year-old father of two, veteran Ontario police officer mm -hmm. named Sergeant Eric Mueller. Uh, he was hired as an officer in 2006, promoted to sergeant in 2018. And not a great deal is known about the circumstances of this shooting, and the 39-year-old suspect made a first court appearance yesterday yesterday, according to people who were present, uh, appeared confused and disheveled. So we really don't know what happened here. Yeah, I'm sure we'll be learning more in the coming days about this case. And uh, here in the city, John, today is the last day to file papers to run for mayor, also the last day to withdraw. But I think we're already up to like 88 candidates. Yes. <laughs> this is like the, um, you know, the game that they play on The Price is Right, where the guy is climbing the mountain. It just never ends. We've got 88 people running for mayor of Toronto. Nominations, actually not even nominations, paperwork closes at 2 p.m. this afternoon. And for anybody who's thinking, hey, is John Tory going to appear at 159 this afternoon and say, I want my job back? No, it's not going to happen. Mm, okay. And uh, this is interesting and kind of confusing to me. Drivers' insurance premiums have really skyrocketed. And there's one city that kind of takes the cake for this. Yeah, Brampton is the one that takes the cake. Uh, it is the most expensive annual premium of $2,707. That's up 40% since 2021. Uh, in the city of Toronto, they're second on the list, average premium of $2,300. Consider that this is also a bit of a political story, though, because the Liberals, before they were turfed out, made this a priority. They, they were going to lower premiums, and it didn't quite work out. And then along comes a new government, now in its second mandate, and and rates are up by as much as 37% in some Ontario cities. Wow, really adding to the cost of living there. Mm -hmm. All right, we started with hockey and we're kind of ending with a bit of a hockey story. Ryan Reynolds, actor and entrepreneur, the next uh, Richard Branson perhaps. Now he's not going to be bidding for uh, taking over the Ottawa Senators or buying it. Ever since Eugene Melnick passed away, the Ottawa Senators have been for sale. This is going to be a billion-dollar transaction. A lot of people very excited about Ryan Reynolds, the Canadian actor, who was going to he was going to make an offer, but no, he's absolutely out. And mm. you know, one of the reasons people were excited, I read this profile just last week of how he bought this Wrexham soccer franchise for a very very small fee, moved to the town, made a reality show that is like a real-world Ted Lasso, and all. <laughs> 
of a sudden, they're a success and the town is becoming a tourist attraction. So almost everything Ryan Reynolds touches turns to magic, but it ain't going to be the Senators. Wow. Okay, well, apparently Snoop Dogg and The Weeknd are still <laughs> yeah. interested. So we'll see what happens there. News Talk 1010's John Moore. Have a great show, a great weekend, John. We'll talk to you next you too. week. Take care. Okay. Jennifer Chung over at CP24 on a Friday morning. Always fun. I was at an event last night and a guy said, I watch you every morning at 5.15. And I thought, you must be an insomniac. But, you know, if you're listening right now, maybe you're even on the road already. A lot of people in Toronto get their day on very early. The event, which I'm sure you're going to hear a lot about at 7.35 this morning when Tom Mahalik joins us, was at the Cambridge Club. And it was in honor of uh, Gordon Lightfoot. Gordon Lightfoot was a member there since 1972, worked out quite frequently, was very, very popular, sometimes would just pull out a guitar and perform in the bar. I have to say it was the first time I've ever been to the Cambridge Club, which is located in the Sheraton Hotel. And you go to a special elevator in the back of the lobby and you go up and I was actually quite surprised because I've been to some other clubs and, you know, for events and lunches and, and economic speeches and stuff like that. And some of them can be incredibly stuffy and stale and dusty and old. And the Cambridge Club actually is, seems uh, quite vibrant. And so uh, back to Gordon Lightfoot. And it was uh, wonderful to hear people paying tribute to him. There were a lot of people in the room who are legendary parts of the life of this city and of music in Canada and concert promotion. Although I do have to say most of them way predate me arriving in Toronto. So they kept on saying, do you know this person? No, I don't. Do you know that person? No, I don't. And I've had the same experience with News Talk 1010. I'm always mindful of the incredible history of this place. And I've spent time staying in touch with people who've been part of it. Betty Kennedy, Andy Barry, uh, Charles Daring, and um, Wally Crowder and I never met. But... Um, at the same time, you know, people will say, do you remember this person? It's like, no, which is, you know, also a humbling experience because I can certainly appreciate that two or three years after I quit this seat, I don't expect anybody to, uh, to remember what we did here. We're just trying to get you up, get you ready, put you on the road and, uh, make for a good Friday. Enough time to add just a quick little bit more detail to a story we were just talking about, which is that auto insurance premiums continue to climb. Actually, they continue to soar in Ontario and amongst the reasons for this, one of them would be, there's an awful lot of fraud going on out there. And it is, in some cases, fairly geographically specific that con artists like to stage car accidents and, uh, you know, come up with bogus injuries and in some cases concoct these very elaborate plans where, you know, the physiotherapist is in on the whole thing along with the doctor who prescribes it and all that stuff. So fraud is a part of it. Theft is a huge part of it. And I think Deb Hutton is uh, one of our panelists. Is it Deb Hutton who's on uh, the morning brief this morning? It is. And Deb Hutton and uh, her husband, Tim Hudak, as you know, have had not one but two of their cars stolen. That stuff adds up. And one last aspect to why insurance premiums are probably going up, 
Well, you know what? We're up against the headlines. So I'll tell you this because it's kind of a really, it's a, it's a really interesting story. It's about the fact we're having fewer accidents, but they're costing more. I was asking somebody in the business quite recently, why, if we have all this equipment now where cars, you know, your seat vibrates, your uh, steering wheel vibrates, buzzers go off, we've got backup cams, people are actually having less accidents, significantly less accidents. So I said, why is it that rates are going up? Okay, so we have the first two things, fraud and theft. But the other aspect of this is this. Cars are so sophisticated. There's so much, um, you know, computer technology and all kinds of other things involved in cars. And, you know, the engines have become more complex and the way that they, you know, construct the suspension and stuff. I don't know about you, but in my car, I've got a button where I can have three different kinds of driving. And because of that, you can have a very minor accident and it costs much, much more to repair the car. So fewer accidents, more expensive repairs, and it kind of cancels itself out, unfortunately. You're listening to The Breakfast Wrap with John Moore. You're listening to More in the Morning on News Talk 1010 Toronto. 538 on a Friday morning. And especially Sweet Sweet Friday, I think. It's a Sweet Sweet Friday! For numerous reasons. One, um, the weather is going to be fantastic. And actually, I haven't checked the long range for the weekend. What we got Saturday, high 23, Sunday sunny and 18. Okay, so we got several days of sunshine. Feels a bit like summer. That's great. There's a hockey game tonight. Uh, there's the fact that it simply happens to be Friday. And also, okay, this is just me because... It's my inner eight-year-old. Uh, but I'm very excited. I'm going to Little Canada today. And for those not familiar with Little Canada, and I, I keep telling them, you guys have got to market this better because almost nobody knows about you. I tell people about Little Canada, and they're like, what? In the basement of the building that was once declared by an architecture critic to be Toronto's Millennium Falcon, but that great big ugly building on the northeast corner of Young Dundas. So across the street, obviously, from Young Dundas Square, possibly the future Gordon Lightfoot Square. Uh, when you go downstairs, on the site of a former Good Life Fitness is this series of rooms in which you will find models. And if you're, you know, technically inclined, uh, it's at the HO scale. So the most popular model scale for model railroading. And it is their whole idea eventually is to have miniatures of all of Canada. So there's Toronto, there's uh, Hamilton, Cambridge, um, Niagara Falls, Niagara on the Lake, there's Quebec City. I'm trying to remember what else there is. Well, this is the big deal. The reason I'm going today is because they're opening Little Maritimes, which I guess if we want to, again, if we want to be uh, all pointy-headed about it, um, people will often remind me, Newfoundland is not part of the Maritimes. Newfoundland stands by itself. So there's the Maritime province in Newfoundland. Anyway, uh, we're going to be doing some video and having a good time and talking with the somewhat eccentric gentleman who comes from like, he's like the fifth generation in this wealthy industrial family from the Netherlands or whichever I, uh, country it was. And he came to Canada, fell in love with Canada, and then decided he was going to build Little Canada. 
And I think it's amazing. I think any kid will flip if they see it. Whenever a friend of mine comes to town, I take them there as well because it's just, it's a heck of a lot of fun. So yes, it is. And especially Sweet Sweet Friday. Although a significant shadow is cast by the circumstances of yesterday morning, which we began to report on during our show. It happened at about 3 a.m. in a rural area outside of Ottawa. But news of it only began to spread as our show got on the air and then continued. And we did learn before the end of our show yesterday that an officer, an OPP officer, had been killed in the line of duty. One of three officers who were shot, possibly with a long gun, as they reported to a home where somebody had said shots had been fired. Sergeant Eric Mueller, 42 years old, father of two, veteran Ontario provincial police officer, and described glowingly by the commissioner of the OPP as the, quote, the glue that held his shift together. He's described by his colleagues as a coach, a mentor, someone that everybody looked up to, the glue that held his shift together, the best leader that many people ever had the privilege of working for. And again today, our hearts are broken as we remember Eric, we stand beside his family, and we focus our attentions on the recovery of the officers who have been physically injured and emotionally impacted. And all of this unfolded just days after people had gathered outside of Queen's Park at a memorial for fallen police officers, added four officers, Ontario officers, from the last year, and then one from many, many years ago. So five names had been added to that memorial. And it's just, I don't think anybody has any explanation why we've had this spate of violence and spate of violence targeting police officers. And so many of these have been, you know, officers reporting to a domestic dispute or uh, in this case, shots fired. And out of nowhere, all of a sudden they find themselves being ambushed. Premier Doug Ford talking about this yesterday. And part of Doug Ford's experience would be that there's an awful lot of police officers in his family. Just this past weekend, I had the honour of speaking at the Ontario Police Memorial Foundation ceremony of remembrance to remember the police officers who lost their lives in the line of duty over the past year. Tragically, this year, we've added five names to the memorial wall. And it's just devastating that next year, we now have to add another name. It's also another reminder why it's so important that we support and recognize our police officers every chance we get and ensure that they're treated with the respect and dignity they deserve. May God bless our brave women and men in uniform. As is often the case in Doug Ford's appearance yesterday, for whatever reason, the, the provincial scene is, uh, is a hot file or a series of hot files these days. So Doug Ford was peppered with questions about other issues, and we'll get to that after we check on traffic and weather. But there is enough time just before we flip to traffic here to tell you, give you the broad strokes of something we'll talk about on the show this morning. But remember that story? A mother said that her son, who was black, 
had been harassed in his school and at one point was locked in not a storage room, but what effectively was a glorified cupboard. The school's principal, vice principal, and a teacher were all sent to home assignment pending an investigation. And that investigation, which involved questioning all kinds of people, including the mother and the child, and all of the people who had interacted with the child on the day of the alleged offense, that investigation has concluded it didn't happen. So I don't know if there's a next step, because maybe the mother was honestly convinced that this thing had happened, or maybe she made up a wild allegation. But I think there's got to be an added aspect to this inquiry, because... You know, imagine being the principal, vice principal, and the teacher who were sent home and who thought I could get fired over this, and apparently nothing happened. Subscribe today and always hear the latest episode of The Breakfast Wrap with John Moore. In just a moment, we're going to be joined by Aaron Real, NBC News national radio correspondent. A lot of people are very, very preoccupied with some very prominent missing persons and murder cases. And one of the more notorious ones would be Natalie Holloway, who was in Aruba when she went missing. And this happened in 2005. There has been a guy associated with this case for the longest time, and it's been announced that he's going to be deported to the United States. So it kind of takes it to the next level. But this is one of those cases, a lot like the one, and I'm trying to remember her name, and somebody will prompt me via text within seconds. Um, The parents who went out for dinner and left their kids at the hotel, and their daughter went missing, and nobody has ever known what happened, and quite frequently the parents are accused of having been involved. But it's one of those true-life mysteries that seem to captivate people and inevitably lead to podcasts on a regular basis. So a few other stories before we get to our correspondent. Um, City Council, I was saying how many hot files there are at Queen's Park, but this week seems to be an especially busy one at Toronto City Council. So yesterday, Josh Matlow, and, you know, there's several city councillors running for mayor, so everything that they raise on council is kind of a part of their campaign. One of Josh Matlow's planks in his campaign is he wants to end the refurbishment of the Gardner Expressway. As a matter of fact, he'd like to bring it down to grade level. And it's not as crazy an idea as it sounds. I mean, I'd have to look at some pretty deep analysis of it to take a, a complete position. But around the world, we're no longer building freeways like the Gardner. And in some cities, we're tearing them down. And what they have discovered is that it does not lead to traffic mayhem. And especially in the aftermath of COVID, where so few, so many fewer people are committing anyway. Um, you know, it's not nuts to suggest that we not spend a billion dollars on the Gardner. However, that went down in flames yesterday on council. And then something else that has been positioned, of course, as the war on the car did pass council, and that's closing or continuing to close, I should say, high park to cars on the weekends. And you know what? People are always just because reflexively we must defend the car. Anything that uh, limits the uh, freedom of cars is necessarily some kind of uh, fascist environmentalism. Um, So people always raise arguments. 
And people are like, well, what about a disabled person? What about old people who have to get... There are going to be means by which disabled people, uh, wheel trans, uh, by which there will be shuttles and other things. There will be accommodations for those who actually need motorized transport. And then everybody else can walk because it's a park. It's 550. Aaron Rael, NBC News national correspondent, joins us now with the latest on the 2005 death and disappearance, well, presumed death and disappearance of Natalie Holloway in Aruba. And now the man associated with that case is accused of trying to extort her mother as if his involvement wasn't nefarious enough already. Good morning, Aaron. Yes, this is such a dark story, but hopefully there'll be some resolution for Natalie Holloway, Holloway's mother when Jordan Vandersloot is extradited to the U.S. That, that is likely on the table because he is the man connected with the 2005 disappearance in Aruba of Natalie Holloway. She was an American teenager. He's going to be temporarily extradited from Peru to the U.S. He's going to face charges that he extorted her mother. This is all according to Peruvian authorities, what they said this week. So she she disappeared back in 2005. She was on a, a trip to the Dutch island of Aruba with her Alabama high school class. She was only 18 years old. She was finally ultimately declared dead back in 2012 by um, Alabama but her body was never found, and the case has been unsolved, and it has it's generated a lot of public interest in the U.S., but um, there is finally intense coverage, true crime books, everything, and Jordan Vandersloot is at the center of this. He's a citizen of the Netherlands. He, he grew up in Aruba, and he's been linked to her appearance. So he was one of the last people to see her. He left a nightclub with her on May 30th, 2005. They left in a car, him and two other men around 1.30, and then she was never seen again. He is actually currently serving a 28-year prison sentence for murder in a separate case. This is a 2010 strangulation death of Stephanie Flores. She was a 21-year-old Peruvian student, and he was sentenced in 2012 after pleading guilty to that. But around the time of the 2010 case, in, in, the, in the Flores case in, in Peru, Vandersloot was indicted by a federal grand jury in Alabama on charges that he, he tried to extort Beth Holloway for $250,000. Um, what he said is that he could bring information. He, he reached out to her lawyers, said that he could show them where the body was, but he wanted a half a, a quarter million dollars to do it. He accepted an initial payment of 25000 in an FBI sting operation. Um, and then provided that he knew this information. It was bogus. It was not true. The, her body was not there. And now Beth Holloway wants wants final resolution to this. She wants him extradited here, and, and she wants a return of the $25,000. Um, I think that that's more symbolic than anything else. And she wants to bring justice to her daughter. Thank you very much, Aaron. Good to have you this morning. Thanks. And just more evidence, I have to say, that um, there are certain individuals who are just, they're rats from start to finish. I mean, it's not enough to be convicted of murder, suspected in another murder, but you're shaking down the mother of the victim. And thanks to the person who texted in to say the name of the girl I was trying to uh, summon is Madeline McCann. And what a crazy coincidence. I quickly looked up Madeline McCann to refresh myself on the circumstances of her disappearance. Today would have been her 20th birthday. And her parents are sending her greetings, saying, we're waiting for you. That is The Breakfast Wrap. Thanks a lot for listening. 
My name is John Moore. I hope we'll talk again soon. You've been listening to The Breakfast Wrap with John Moore. Don't forget to subscribe and get the latest episode from wherever you get your podcasts. And listen weekday mornings from 5 to 9 on News Talk 1010.